0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, and how are you?
0: I am doing great.
1: You're not as great as you could be doing, because when we scheduled this show to talk about ordering a new vehicle, we kind of thought you'd have your new vehicle by now.
0: Yeah, it's been almost two and a half months now.
1: So that is the downside to Ordering a vehicle from a manufacturer is that the wait time.
0: I think it's the wait time, and then you got to go through other things uh, just to start you off. In order to order the vehicle, or even find the vehicle you want, that's the first thing. Find the vehicle you want, and if you go to any a uh, dealer lot right now, there's no cars out there unless you're going to get the highest price car. Okay, so we went to three different manufacturers. Six different dealers in the city of Jackson went to, called three different states to find the car, and we still had to order the car because nobody had the one we
1: wanted. Well, and then that's the second drawback I've heard. You can't test drive it. If you're ordering a car, you know, it comes, it's yours, and you can't, you don't really get a chance to test drive that specific model.
0: Well... On this certain vehicle I was trying to find, every dealer got one to use as a test drive. Oh. But the dealers would not let you test drive. I had to go from one dealer to test drive a vehicle, and another dealer, I bought the vehicle.
1: Okay. Well, you know, there you go. So, uh, but, you know, that's one thing that the car dealerships like about ordering a vehicle is that, Unless you're buying a Tesla or a Volvo electric, you got to go through the dealership. So they're getting their commission, but they don't have to pay to have the inventory sitting around on their lots. So the dealers like this setup.
0: Yeah. When you think about the inventory, it's probably 10% than what it was. You know, dealers had hundreds of cars sitting on their lots. Now they have very few cars sitting on their lots and you have to order it. And the thing is, if you're ordering a car, they will get all of the cars in that are not really, they might have electric seats, they might not have heated seats, they're going to get all the uh, standard cars in. And that's what they want to sell you, because that's the biggest markup. So in order to get one of the uh, fully equipped cars, you have to wait even longer
1: for the car. Well, there you go. So we're going to be talking about coaches uh journey to ordering his car today our email address for your questions is auto at mpbonline.org let's go to john in benville and hear what he has to say john thanks for calling in what's your comment or question today for coach charlie
2: oh i got that 2006 ford van it's an e350 model uh, super van and uh I wanted to try out on the gas tank. I had so many different uh answers on that gas tank, it ain't funny. When you get about five gallons from filling it from the top, uh it clicks off, then you gotta pump it real, real slow to fill it up.
0: Okay, on that particular vehicle, um really matter of fact on all vehicles there is a vent solenoid in on top of the gas tank. And what happens you gotta understand when you're putting fuel in that tank, air has to come out of the tank. Okay, so if the air cannot get out of the tank, that will cause that where you can fill it up real slow. But they do have a vent solenoid on top of the tank. You have to take it down, and a lot of times that's either stopped up or it's not opening for you.
2: Yeah, right. I figured that. Uh, Would it be close to where you put the uh, float in the gas tank?
0: I come back with that
2: one time. That, uh vent, it, would it be close to where you put that uh, float in the gas tank? Um,
0: it's on the top of the tank.
2: It, yeah, it's at
0: the very top. It's not. It's at the other end of the tank. You're going to put your fuel pump and your module all in, but at the other end of the tank is where the uh, the uh, vent is. Okay, that's
2: what I wanted to find out. I, I thought about cutting a hole in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you could if you could get to it, but you just need to make sure it has that plastic line on it, and you need to make sure that you can get the tool in there to take that plastic line off.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate
0: it. Uh, yes, sir.
1: Glad you called in, John. Let's go to Jackson now and speak with Garrett. Garrett, we're so glad you've called into to AutoCorrect today. Coach is talking about ordering a new car, but we're taking vehicle repair questions, too. What's up with you, Garrett. Uh, just uh, I'm a
3: dealer here in, in the Jackson area, and I uh, just wanted to mention a few points. I, I know you guys were uh, saying dealers are loving this uh, this market you know the, the whole ordering process and whatnot when in actuality we hate it uh, we're do tell
1: off. oh dear, go ahead, tell yeah. us more
3: yeah it, it's been a uh, rough ride. you've got dealerships with typical fifteen to 20 salesmen now you know down to five to ten. And uh, the commissions, there is no more markup. Uh, the manufacturers will not let us mark them over MSRP. So if we do have a vehicle for sale and it's fifty-five thousand uh, dollars, the max I can sell it is for fifty-five, and the minimum is fifty-five. There's just no negotiating. Uh, it's kind of taking the fun out of it too, <laughs> you know. But uh, dealers are definitely suffering in in this time period. I've watched a lot of good friends uh, have to completely leave the industry because
1: of it. I'm glad you've uh, shared that with us, Garrett. Thanks for giving us the information.
0: I got a good question wow. for you, Garrett, while you're on the phone. Um, yes, sir. In the process of buying this vehicle that I bought, I have checked with like five or ten different dealerships. Okay, and the prices range from one thousand dollars above the uh, suggested retail price up to six or seven thousand dollars for the exact same vehicle. And what the problems were is they were putting all these add-ons on the vehicle. Yes, sir. And I told them, and some of them, I said, well, I really don't want these add-ons that you're putting on. You're charging me $5,000 for tire um, protection. You're charging me money for all these things that I really don't want on the car. And they hadn't even got the car in yet. So why could they not sell me the car if they haven't put the stuff on
3: it already? I completely understand, and I've seen a a few of those situations. And it's actually to keep the profits within the margin of, uh, you know, everybody has to stay within a certain margin. As a general manager, you want to, you know, you want to make that manufacturer happy or the owner of the company or whatnot. And sometimes, like right now, with not having the the inventory, uh, to get those averages up, you will have to. uh, add, you know, different packages to them and whatnot and sell them for that. It's the only way you can actually make money on the vehicle. Because when you've got 15 people out here trying to sell vehicles and the markup on a new car just isn't what people think it is, you know, from invoice to MSRP, they're not making no money. So they're leaving, (laughs) you know, so now the dealerships don't have people. They don't have nobody that wants to work for them because it's not worth spending 10 hours a day, six hours a week to make, you know minimum wage, so the opportunity there is selling used cars, and of course the add-ons. If you, you know, get a truck and you lift it or whatever, you know that does give the ability to to add value to the vehicle.
0: So it really takes the option out of the customer's hands. So when you're not able to get what you want, you're having to buy what the dealer wants to sell you.
3: Yes, sir. And it's like I said, sometimes they have rules they have to follow. If they are a dealership that is, let's just say, a, a Roush dealership, they have uh, Roush parts or they have uh, Shelby parts or, or something like that. They have to meet a certain amount of sales to actually maintain that certification, you know, to keep that, being able to sell that package. If not, then the people who owns these companies, they won't allow you to uh, actually equip that the package on the vehicle. So.
1: Garrett, I love your secret in-the-know information. We are so very glad that you called in today, Garrett. Thank you very much.
3: Yes, ma'am. Thank you Thank
1: you. Hey, if you have a question or some secret information, we would love for you to send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about ordering a new vehicle, but that's just between your repair questions. Is your car under recall? Find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you want even more AutoCorrect, do find our podcasts. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So we've got a lot of recent recalls. Uh 20 and 21 Cadillac XT5, XT6 And GMC Acadia SUVs are being recalled for backup cameras. 2223 Ford Bronco Sports and 22 F-150s are being recalled for flickering lights. Some 2016 to 22 Kia Sorentos and Sportages are recalled for tow hitch harness. Various 17 to 22 Tesla models recalled over power windows. Various 20 to 22 Mercedes SUVs are recalled for detaching window trim. And 20 to 23 Nissan, are expanding their recall for the Frontier and the Titan over transmission issues. Now, you can find out if your vehicle has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NH tsa.gov/recall. Just put in your VIN, or you can download their Safer Car app. We're talking about ordering a new vehicle, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We got lots of calls. Let's go to Jackson and talk with Jason. Jason, we're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach?
4: Hey, thank you for uh, taking my call. I sure appreciate it. Um, I've been going through this about a month and a half now. My uh, 2004 Honda Odyssey, the uh, bigger bolt of two bolts, which hold on the belt tensioner on the serpentine belt, uh, broke off, and part of that bolt was stuck in the in the uh hole basically and i tried to get it out of course sufficiently might uh, kind of mangle it up a little bit there's still kind of a hole but the the remnants of the bolt are in there um, um mechanics are real reticent to try and <laughs> fix that problem if they do it's about a fifteen hundred dollar job um i was just wondering is there any solution is there any way to easy fix to bypass the tensioner or have a self-tensioning belt or something like that, or am am I just going to have to cough up the money? I've got 321,000 miles on this car, and I like it. And uh, uh, (laughs) any help would be uh, appreciated.
0: Yeah, have you uh, went over, have you measured the size belt that's on there already? Do you know the size belt?
4: Yeah, it's the regular size belt for a Honda, that particular model. Um, I bought a new belt, and, and I actually had kind of gotten the screw in tight enough, and I thought I would fixed it, but that, that bolt actually wasn't in tight enough, and so the tensioner came off again. Um, so, that, uh, you know, you kind of have to have that tensioner to, to tighten the, that belt.
0: Well, this is what I
4: would do if I was you.
0: If I didn't want to spend the $1,500 on it, I'd go to, like, the belt warehouse or go somewhere and find me a belt that is smaller than the one you have. You know, Uh maybe a couple inches smaller or whatever. you got to bypass that uh, tension or whatever. whatever. Uh So get you a belt that will – it is a belt that would slip on the pulleys. Okay, it's going to okay. be tight, and you're going to run it around the pulleys, and you're going to do yeah. the same thing. But it's just going to—it's going to be real tight, and it's going to slip on the pulleys. You know, okay, you, you're not going to have no way of tightening it up. But that's why you're going to get a smaller belt.
4: Okay, and so I, I would try I that. You get a wooden stick, maybe, so you don't mar the the pulleys too. But
0: well, you... they do make a tool for that to put that on there. It's a, okay. a stretch belt. Uh, you can go to, they don't cost a whole bunch. You can go to the auto parts store and it's called a stretch belt tool and you can stretch okay. that belt over those pulleys.
4: Okay. Oh, that's great. Then I'll, I'm going to try that for sure. Um, I, I could get a string or something and tie, tie around the whole, all the pulleys and then measure the string, I guess. And, right. And, get
0: it, it, a, and get, get it just and get it just a little bit okay. smaller.
4: I was just wondering if there's a, I know they make like AccuLink, these belts that I, I don't know if they're applicable to cars, but I don't think you can get it tight enough. But where you, you know, they they link together and then you kind of snug it up that way. But I haven't been able to find one for a, for a serpentine belt for a car.
0: I would just try I to go know. find me a smaller belt and try that because that may yeah, solve yeah. your
4: problem. Okay, well, I will definitely try it. And I sure do appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks, right. Jason.
1: Thank you. We're glad that you called in and uh, let us know how it works out. Let's go to Gulfport now. James is waiting to talk. James, what's your comment or question for Coach?
5: Um, I'm not sure this is a question that would be of any, any interest to you, but I drive a 1989 Dodge Aries car, and I myself am 85 years old. And my windshield wipers have been unreliable for several years. And I'd be driving down the highway in the rain, and they stop. So, but... Um, right now, the driver's uh, the driver's side is the one that has stopped. The other one still works fine, so I don't think it's the motor. But the windshield, um, I don't know how to describe it. it. It just lies there. It has no tension in it. And um, I just wonder, what do you think that could possibly be that would stop just one of the Windshield
0: wipers. Okay. In those windshield wipers on all cars, they have um, like a mechanism going across and has two arms on it. Yes, I've been told that. Okay. You take the cowl off by the windshield, and you should be able to get down to the windshield wiper, and they have these little white garments in there. They're little white bushings. And what happens, those bushings wear out, and it will come off one arm, and it will make that arm not work. It's, very, it's, oh. a, it's a very simple fix, but you just got to get in there do it and get that bushing pressed back into that arm, and then you can put it on the windshield wiper and it'll work.
5: Well, okay. Well, listen, you don't think I should drive my car off a cliff somewhere?
0: Oh, no, no, no. I'd Go spend about five dollars and buy the bushing and see if you can do it or get somebody to do it for you.
5: Uh, okay. Well, listen, I appreciate your giving me this advice. Okay. Thank you.
1: Awesome. And i I, got to love a $5 fix, much, much better than a new vehicle in the the rain and hurricane season. That's right. Let's now go to Clarksdale and see what Homer has to say. Homer, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie?
6: Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Coach, I have a Dodge uh, 203 Dakota with that 3.9. Uh, engine in. Now, the truck has been cranking just, I mean, when I turn the ignition on and hit the starter, you could, I couldn't even hear it turn. I mean, it would just catch and crank right up. But now, in the morning when I crank it up, it tends to run, I don't know, three, maybe three seconds, uh, four seconds before it actually kicks in and I'm wondering, uh, could it be a fuel pump or maybe a uh descending unit on the fuel pump or uh, uh, a filter with a filter cause that uh a slow crank now once i crank it up it you know it cranks right up during the day but it's just after it has sit overnight
0: yeah that's usually a telltale sign of a fuel pump going bad what happens it cranks up good all the time and then it sets for a good long time and then it what happens all the fuel runs back into the tank out of the fuel line and it th- It has to be reprimed back up, and so a lot of times you could turn the key, let it prime back up, and then crank it up. It just takes a few seconds for it to prime back up, but as you're turning the key, that is what's priming it up, uh, pushing the fuel back up to the fuel rail, so you could try that a couple times. Just turn the key on, don't crank it, turn the key on, let the fuel get up in there, and then crank it up. It should crank right up, but that is a telltale sign of a uh, fuel pump going bad.
6: Yeah, I thought about that. I said, if I turn this pump on, when you turn the key on, the pump usually starts to kick in. Right. So maybe I'll let it sit there for a few seconds and then engage the starter.
0: Yeah, because it don't take, but, you know, that pump ain't going to stay on but five seconds anyway when you first crank it up.
6: Okay, I got you. Well, look, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I, all right, thank you. Thank and you. And that thing is in the tank, right?
0: Uh, the fuel pump is in the tank, yes.
6: Yeah, okay, great place to put one. All right.
1: <laughs> 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 Thanks, Homer. So, Coach, if your fuel pump is going bad, I mean, how long can it go bad before it is bad?
0: It could go a long time.
1: Oh, okay. Because so,
0: what it's doing is just letting the, bi- the fuel bypass back to the tank. And so it's not keeping it primed up because as soon as you turn that key, fuel should be at the fuel rail ready to go into the injectors and ready to go into the engine. All right. So what it does, it just goes back in the tank and it has to start all over again.
1: Okay. So I I—, I I guess I'm, I'm worried because if you don't have a fuel pump, then you, could you be stuck somewhere?
0: If you don't have a fuel pump, you don't go nowhere.
1: Right. Okay. So. And if,
0: what's happening, the motor is working on the fuel pump. What is happening is that maybe the check valve or something in there is just letting the fuel bypass and go yeah. back down in the tank.
1: So even, I don't know, if it were me, even though it could go bad for a while, I'd want to get it fixed. Yes. So I don't get stuck somewhere. But that's just me. Let's now go to Mark in Belzona. Mark, thanks for calling in to Coach Charlie's Auto Correct. What can we do for you today?
7: Yeah, I have a question. I got a 1988 Chevy Nova. It's a small engine. Well, it's a small car uh, for the Novas. It's got the Toyota engine in it. Right. The Toyota engine is a 4ALC. And the car sat for a while sat for years, and I replaced the main uh, feed line, gas line, and the return line. And when I'm driving the car, it will sometimes just—it goes as if it's starving for gas, or starving, or, or flooding. I don't know which one, but it just sort of stumbles, you know. And I'm wondering, can you uh, do you have enough information to give me any idea as to why? It would be doing that. I changed over from a manual fuel pump to an electric fuel pump because I thought the load on the camshaft that you know uh, actuates the the uh, the fuel the manual fuel pump. I thought maybe it had gone bad or something, but it's even doing it with the electric fuel pump.
0: Okay. Did uh, does that tank have a screen in it? Do you know if you... uh, Yes,
7: yes, yes. It has a screen. I'll change the tank. I actually replaced the tank.
0: Okay. And that is a fuel... Is that a throttle body or is it an injection?
7: No, it's... uh throttle body okay so there's no rail or anything yeah so carbureted yeah it's carbureted
0: it's carbureted so what i would do there you may have trash up in the carburetor to keep it from stumbling uh to make it stumble like that so you may uh, you know after all that time uh was it a plastic tank or a uh metal tank
7: it's a metal tank but i i i've rebuilt that carburetor i don't know how many times I've set the bowl, you know, the float bowl, right, and everything. I, I've done all that. I don't know how many times on that
0: car. Well, you know, those but jets it, will get small pieces of rust or anything in those jets, and it's not going to push mm-hmm. that fuel out. So, I would try that once again, see if there's any uh, trash stuck up in one of those jets, you know, and, and because that that will keep it and that will make it stumble on you.
7: Okay, I, I can do that. I can take that back down again and look at it. But the other thing is. When I put the, I, 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 when I have the uh, return line from the carburetor from the gas tank, that thing is is pumping out gas with uh, pressure on it, and I was wondering if uh, can you tell me why it would be doing that? Why will the why would the return line on the gas tank actually have pressure? Because my electric fuel pump is not hooked to that. Uh, return
0: line. Uh, you need to make sure it has met uh, what the pressure is on that fuel pump for that vehicle. And, uh-huh. you know, if you've got too much pressure on it, it's going to push it back.
7: Okay, I mean, it's supposed to have like four PSI, which is what it, what it calls for.
0: Yeah, you need to check and make sure that it, uh, it doesn't have too much pressure because it sounds like it's pushing it back through because it has a lot of pressure.
7: So the fuel pump itself is pushing right. the gas back
0: right. into
7: the tank? Right.
0: Okay. So just check okay. the pressure on it and just get you a gauge and put it on there and see how much pressure you have coming up through there. Uh, like I say, if you've got too much pressure, it's going to try to push it back.
7: And there's, there's nothing in the, in the tank that uh, relieves the pressure?
0: Uh, no, sir. Uh, there's just a straight line that goes back right down in the tank.
7: Okay, yeah. I'm saying within the tank, there's nothing in that tank that relieves the, the gas pressure
0: that builds up in the tank. Uh, well, you know, you have a vent on that particular, uh, usually on being that old of a car, you may have a vent on the uh, gas uh, cap and all to hold the pre- let the pressure
2: out. Uh, okay. All right,
0: then. So, because what you all could right. do, you could get the gas cap, you know, they have these little holes in the center of the gas cap. Since that's, right. not, since that's not a closed system, and put it on there, and it'll relieve the pressure.
7: Just get a gas cap with a hole in the top of it.
0: Yeah, and it'll and relieve the pressure the from the tank.
7: Okay. All right. Tr- try that's
1: that. Uh huh. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Mark. I hope you get your problem solved. Andrew, hang on. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're discussing ordering a new vehicle, but that's between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton's High School Automotive Technology Program, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, that MPB Public Media app, so you can listen to autocorrect, you can listen to the news, you can click the support button and make a contribution that supports Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, so two days ago, NPR just reported that federal money is now headed to states for building up fast EV chargers on highways. I'll have a link to that article on the information page for this show, and in addition to in the news, on the calendar, this weekend is Eurofest, at the the renaissance in Ridgeland, Mississippi. That's a lovely outdoor car show where you can walk around and look at some of these fancy pants European cars. And that uh, is beginning right before Cruising the Coast, which is October 2nd through 9th at Every venue. On <laughs> Everywhere the coast. along the coast. <laughs> Everywhere along the coast. So, uh, you know, snap some pictures of your favorite dream cars and uh, be, nobody getting any accidents because that would be some expensive fender benders out there. Yes. But uh, have fun looking at some cars. Hopefully, there won't be another hurricane around here so we can have some uh, great wandering around outside looking at cars. We've been talking a little bit at the beginning of the hour, and we'll talk some more at the end of the hour, of how to order a car. We would love for you to email us your questions, auto at mpbonline.org. We're so glad Andrew has called in from Vicksburg. Andrew, what's going on with you? What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie?
2: Uh, yes, ma'am. I had a question about a starter. I have a 19, we're, well, we're fixing up a 1978 uh, Chrysler Newport. Big, big, big big car, real big. And it's got a 440 engine. I bought a new starter for it, and uh, it it don't look like like the starter I took off of it. It don't have the little cup to uh, keep the dust and mud out of it. It's just, I guess when it engages, it just kicks out and the gear kicks back in, I guess. I was wondering wondering if you knew anything about those new starters like that.
0: Well, I haven't seen one that didn't have a cover on it because the thing is, it's keeping the uh – like you say, the mud and the water out of it, and it's keeping heat off of the solenoid and all. So, you, you might want to just make sure that you got the right one for it, even though it may fit. Just make sure you can got the right one for that because I haven't seen one. Because if you get that water and mud in there, you know it's not going to work.
2: That's what I was thinking. Yes, sir. So, and I also, I want to get your opinion on uh, exhaust manifolds versus headers.
0: Well, you think about exhaust manifolds, exhaust manifolds are manufactured and they are. Um, they're more compact, and they're not as straight. The pipes are not as straight, and they're not as long. Headers, uh, they are the, all the pipes are exactly the same size. If you look at one, uh, one may look uh, longer, but they're all exactly the same size and letting the air flow out evenly, and that's really what you're trying to do if you're trying to fix something up. You're wanting that air to flow out at an even uh, dissipation rate.
2: Okay, so you, you definitely get a little more horsepower with the headers. Oh,
0: yes, because you, okay. uh, if you notice, they're straighter, and you don't you don't have as much back pressure.
2: Okay. Okay, but thank you. I love y'all's show. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Andrew. We're glad you love this show. Okay, let's talk about ordering a car, and I guess the very first thing you have to do is figure out how you're going to pay for it.
0: Figure out how you want to pay for it. Uh, the first thing I think you need to find the car you want, that's the first thing, Test drive a car. If you can test drive, if a dealership will let you test drive a car, do your homework on different prices of things that you want on the car. The next thing is that you got to put a deposit on the car. Uh, the dealerships wanted us to put a $500 deposit on the car without guaranteeing us a car, and it was non-refundable. So you want to make sure that you go to a dealership that will refund your money if you cannot get the car you won't. Okay, financing. Either you can do a bank financing or you can do it through the uh, manufacturer. But if you notice, I have ordered a car two months ago and the rate has went up twice. So I was down to a 1.99 and it's probably now 4.99, you know, in two months.
1: Well, backing up to the deposit, I also understand you need to make sure you They take a deposit. Otherwise, that's not your car when it comes in.
0: That's true. You want to make sure that when you put that deposit down that they have you, because at first they told us that that $500 just puts us on the list. I said, well, no, we don't just want to be on the list. We want to make sure we get this particular car. And so you want to make sure that that car, that deposit goes
1: on the car that you're going to have. Great. So you know you 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 get qualified. You've done. You you've decided what car you want. You know you build your car. Look at it. Choose your dealership. Then uh, you know you know visit. You need to visit the dealership, and that's where all of this will actually take place. You've got to go and and talk to the salesperson, find out how much it's uh, it's going to be, and. Is when you put the money down it due, is that when you actually sign copies of the paperwork?
0: You sign nothing. Oh, okay. So really, they could change things, but you want to make sure that you get the price in writing, because somebody could say they didn't give you that price. But get it in writing. Make sure you know how much you're paying for the vehicle. And going across state lines, let's talk about that just for a second. Going across states to buy a car. I had one manufacturer tell me that they would sell me the car, and then when it got time for me to pay for the car, they told me they wouldn't sell me the car because I didn't live in the state. Well, used to, we were able to buy cars anywhere. But the lady told me, she said, if you had a trade-in, I will sell you the car. I said, well, I don't have a trade-in. I want to pay you cash. She said, no, I'm not going to sell you the car because they wanted the trade-in so they could make more money off the car. So that, that and they had the car I wanted, but they wouldn't take cash. <sighs>
1: Well, and like our earlier caller, Garrett, said, these are our businesses. And if if you don't like the way they do business, you can leave. But if you don't want to take their terms, then they don't have to sell anything to but you. But is it—I
8: mean— if they have the car listed for sale somewhere and you go in cash on hand, ready to take that car home with you right now, and then they refuse to sell it to you, isn't that some sort of false advertisement? Oh. It is not false advertisement. They do not have to sell it to you if they don't want to. Somebody well, will then be... they should take the listing down. Someone
1: right. will be Don't walk list it for in. sale
8: if you're not going to sell it to somebody who who walks in with the cash to buy it right now.
1: Ten minutes. Man, I, you,
8: Coach, you got me in there in in their showroom knocking stuff over right now. Oh, Ten I agree. Ten minutes
1: after Coach leaves, somebody else is going to walk in and 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 pay it. That's what I think That's, in today's but, world. But
8: he was there with the money first,
1: but not the interest payments. They want that. That's what they're financing. That's how. That's I one of the they, ways they, they get want the money.
8: A, they're trying to make money off the next transaction, but that's got nothing to do with Coach. Right. They have the car listed for sale, and Coach walked in with the money that was the price they listed, ready to buy the car, and then they said no because they wanted a trade in. If I had a trade in, they would have bought the car. I understand what you're yeah. saying, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if if they're going to list something for a price and you walk in ready to buy it, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, no, we're not going to sell it to you," then you need to take that listing off and stop telling people that's for sale because it's not.
0: Yeah, because these were all on the internet, and when I called them on the yeah. phone, I called all these dealers. Now, I went to five different states to buy a car.
8: Coach, you hit me with the wrong day so. with that information.
0: <laughs> five different dealerships to buy a car, I mean, uh, states to buy a car. And could not get a car.
1: Well, Jay, what you're saying, I'm going that's like
8: online. Going to the, that's like going to the Shoney's for the breakfast bar and then being like, yeah, we're not making any more eggs. And be like, right. hey, you want me to climb up on the sign and take down the all-you-can-eat thing down? I, I can take it home with me right now because that's not what it is anymore. That's right. You know, well,
1: Jay, what you were saying when we were looking for our car in July – we go and look, and, you know, here's the dealership. Here's our cars in our inventory. And we say, oh, great, we want to see this one. They say, well, we're not going to have it for two weeks. <laughs> so you can't <laughs> see the
0: car that you want to buy. That's
1: right. right. Not for two weeks. Okay. We're discussing ordering a new car, taking your car repair questions. Jerome and Mike, hang on. You can send us your emails to our address, auto at mpbonline.org we have a new car review from casey williams coming up and i do appreciate casey he gives us these uh sensible cars that he talks about uh driving but then (laughs) you get the cars like the one he's going to talk about today which I'm sure it's in somebody's wheelhouse, not particularly mine. But here's a new car review from Casey Williams. This is AutoCorrect on MPB
9: Think Radio. Last weekend, my buddies and I decided to go to northern Kentucky and hit the bourbon trail, and we had the perfect vehicle, the 2022 Lexus LX600 with the ultra-luxury package. On the outside, it's very distinctive. It has this great big giant spindle grille that goes from the top of the very tall hood to the bottom of the bumper definitely tells other vehicles to get out of your way. But inside, that's where it really gets nice. The rear seats, you've got these executive loungers. The right back actually reclines. It's got heat, ventilation, massager, it's got its own infotainment screen. Very nice. The front seats are also very comfortable. Heated, ventilated, nice soft leather, and a heated leather-wrapped steering wheel. This vehicle has the Mark Levin's audio system, wireless Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and a widescreen heads-up display. But underneath the hood, you got a lot of power. A 3.5-liter twin-turbo V6 delivers 409 horsepower, 479 pound-feet of torque, and you can tow up to 8,000 pounds. Underneath, an air suspension keeping it all level and smooth. So let's talk about price. The LX starts at $88,000. This one has equipped $128,000.
1: If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11. i am liz gill but our expert is coach charlie milton ase certified master technician it's time for coach charlie's tip of the week
0: well it's going along with our theme today about buying a car i want you to do your research make sure you know what you want that you get what you want and you find it and make sure that you're satisfied
1: because this is the way to get what you want. That's right. All right. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Jerome in Corinth. Uh, Jerome, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie?
10: Hey, how you doing, uh, Coach Charlie. Yes, sir. Yeah, 2010 Dodge Caliber. You got the CVT transmission in. I'm doing 2,000 RPM just to get 40 miles out of going up here. Man, go. Going down here, two thousand, I like get close to sixty miles an hour. will hold that torque until it starts going back up the hill again. Is that some, something uh, coming with that car or with that transmission?
0: Well, either you have something with the transmission control module. You know, the transmission and the engine control modules work together. If uh-huh. it, if the engine, just say if the engine detects something, it's going to communicate it to the transmission. So what I would okay. do, does it have a check engine light on?
10: No, It don't have a check engine light
0: on. What I would like you to do is go in there with a scan tool. It may have a code in there that's not coming up on the dash. And look at the transmission uh, control module. And it may, because that thing, it sounds like it's going into limp mode on you. Yeah. All right.
10: Now, tell me this. Does that CVT transmission fluid le- lose its viscosity over a period of time?
0: Well, they all get thicker, and the reason they all get thicker, they don't get thinner. They all get thicker because of the debris of the transmission breaking down. So most of the time, they get thicker, not thinner. Yeah. You know, so... And my gas
10: mileage is terrible.
0: Yeah, what I would do is go in there and check the PCM and the transmission control module and see if there's a history code in there and go from there, because they're going to work together. If the transmission sees anything or the transmi- uh, the engine sees anything, it's going to change it.
10: I had one before, the same model, and the same world. It wouldn't let the motor get the RPM. You can put it in neutral, and you can run the RPMs up. But as soon as you get it in gear, it wouldn't need the RPM won't get up high enough to move it all.
0: Yeah, it sounds like something that torque converter.
10: Oh, uh, that CVT? Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks, man.
0: Okay, appreciate it, buddy.
1: Uh, Jerome, we're so glad you called in. Let's go to Hernando now and talk with Mike. Mike, we're so glad you called in this morning. What's up?
5: Uh, Coach, you, were, you guys were just talking about buying a new car, and I know the problems involved. Um, but I'll give a shout-out to Blackman, Chevy, and Tupelo. They really did me a great deal, extremely honest. They gave me more for my trade-in than I thought well, I would get now. But here's the question. Would you suggest going to a company like Carvana, you know, you see those ads where they say you order online, they'll bring the car to you, that kind of thing. Is that a better deal than going to a local dealership? No, once again, they're all
0: used cars. Most of the time, they're not going to say you yeah, a new car because, you know, they can't do all the warranty work on all that. Uh, those are used cars. A Carvana, Baroom, all those are used. I wouldn't do that myself, you know, because you're yeah. going to, uh-huh. if you're going to order a new car, you want to make sure that you see the car, you need to test drive the car, you need to make sure that that car is really what you want it to be because... I'm not saying anything about these others, but I have have heard some things about these other car manufacturers like that. I mean, dealers that do that online stuff, and they don't really get exactly what they order when they get it.
5: Well, you're just like me. I'm a stickler. I've owned 35 cars in 50 years, and uh, I absolutely had to see it, drive it, check it, all that kind of stuff. Right. I'm just like you are. I well, appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, Janet, we're going to see if we can answer your question. We're glad you've called in from Starkville. What's up? Well, Coach Charlie, if this is too personal, you don't have to answer it. What kind of car did you order? Well,
0: you know, I really couldn't tell you because there's a lot of listeners. And, I, you oh. know, I went to three oh. different, well, let's just tell you, I went to three different manufacturers and six or seven different dealers and finally found the one I wanted had to order it. I've been waiting two months
1: but you can't tell me what what brand of car it is. No, nah, that wouldn't be right. He's got all okay. kinds. He he's he he has all kinds of cars, but this one this one's going to be a little just a little secret for a while. But thanks for calling in Janet. We appreciate you listening. One thing we touched on just a little bit and I think this applies whether you're ordering a new car, buying a car off the lot, buying the car is a total separate thing from negotiating your trade-in.
0: Well, what you want to do is negotiate the trade-in price of the car first. Make sure you know exactly how much that car is going to cost you, then negotiate the trade-in. Because a lot of times what happens, they negotiate uh, the trade-in and then they go up on the price of the car. So you want to negotiate the price of the car, then
1: negotiate the price of the trade-in. Right, we don't. We uh, want to make sure uh, you. Yeah, you they, yeah. yeah, we understand that they're a business. They need to make their money, but uh, you know you you got to do you, and you need to know what your what your. Comfortable paying for and what you're comfortable receiving well, for the, a trade
0: up I think a lot of times, Liz, it's the consumer out there. The business doesn't stay in business if the consumer's not buying. So the consumer needs to get what they're buying, even if they have to pay a little bit more. That's okay, but make sure they get what they want. You know, don't try to give them something that they don't want because then going to have a buyers remorse. And somebody told me the other day. You don't want to get it all at one time you may want to take that and have that customer come back to you over and over and over
1: a, a relationship yeah and the other thing i want to make sure listeners do if you're giving a dealership money make sure you know what it's for is it a deposit is it a reservation fee what is that money for can you get it back is it refundable is it refundable do you giving that money does it make sure that that car VIN number 00022211111 is yours, or is it just putting you on the list for that? Make sure you everybody's clear.
0: Well, I think right now, Liz, you got to understand if you give a $500 deposit or a thousand, whatever, if the car is not built, the car has no VIN number.
1: Okay, whoa, Ooh, there you go. That's what. Co- Coach ended it with a great tip. So just make sure you get it all in writing and you know what's going on. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, intern Charles Arnold, for answering our phones. Thank you, board engineer Jay White. For Coach Charlie Melton, master technician, I'm Liz Gill, and we thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
8: This is an MPB Think Radio
0: podcast.